Let's play D and D. friends and welcome to another episode of the rule of cool podcast my name is morgan and i'm nathan and today we are going to be talking about session zeros this is something we talked about a whole bunch with uh the podcast it's something i feel like every time we talk about setting up for a game we talk about starting homebrew games we talk about you know consent all these things we always mention session zero session zero session zero are Mods preach it in the chat. It's always something that comes up whenever we talk about starting a game. Um, and it's something that we bring up because it's important. It's something that is a super useful tool for a DM to kind of implore to their game and get going on the st- before getting going on just the start. It's something where you can use a session zero to start your game, have everyone be on the same page so that that real first session is more involved, more ready to go instead of just, oh, hey, let's just uh, jump into it. And then everyone's like, oh, okay, well, uh, do we do this or what's going on here? Um, And you don't have to spend the whole first real game session dedicated to introducing and, you know, lore and story and world and characters, you can take care of some of this stuff and then you can take care of some of the behind the scenes stuff of, um, again, like consent and um, the what everyone's looking to get out of the game. You can talk about um, homebrew rules, all those kind of things. You can get like all that out of the way in an easy upfront manner. For people that don't know, um, you know, that may not have heard the term Session Zero, uh, a Session Zero is the pregame game. This Mm -hmm. is the game that you have that, I mean, maybe it's only an hour. You know, maybe it's just a quick little thing or something where you get everyone that's going to play together, together, whether that's on a Discord, you know, voice chat, or it's on a Zoom call, or it's at the table, um, or you're all on a multi-phone call, whatever the case may be. Um, where everyone just gets together, sits and says, okay, let's all talk about the game and get things prepped out. And then it gives you an opportunity to talk through a few things. Yeah. Um, We always preach about session zeros because it honestly can make or break the foundation of your game. Um, A lot of people, I have realized, don't do it. And that, to me, is kind of crazy. Um, which, you know, I haven't done too many session zeros in campaigns that I've played in because it's kind of like a scrap together game or I join in late. So really it's just, I talk to the DM about what's going on, but talking to the DM about what's going on can be your own personal session zero. Um, if you can't make a session zero happen where everybody gets together, you talk about everything uh, together before the campaign starts, then you can have little mini session zeros. Like, just grab each person as you can and say, hey, um, this is going to be your prologue. This is 
what's going to happen up to the campaign yeah. beginning. Um, well, I think that's really key. And Morgan just mentioned how you want to do something. Sorry. Can I do something real quick just because I'm curious? Hold on. Sure. Words are hard. <laughs> that's perfect and I love it. I forgot I added that. And then like I was sitting there like struggling to say something. And I was like, click, 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 click. I did something <laughs> or, like last week right after the episode. The light bulb just pings above yeah, your head. Because it was not this episode, the last episode I edited. And I mm-hmm. heard that in there and I cut it out. And I was like, yes. Um, uh. perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, Morgan was just saying a second ago about when you're jo- coming into a game late, having the, the mini session zero. Um, and I think that's like the same idea. It's just something that you need to do when you're coming into a game where you can say, okay, how are you going to be introduced to the game? What were you doing before the game that like led you right up to the story? Um, you know, because you're going to get a, a backstory from a character per se, but that's not going to lead them into the moment of action, right? You mm-hmm. want to be able to set that up with a player that's coming in late to a game and say, hey, where were you right before you just bump into the party? You can't say, oh, I was, you know, back in my hometown and uh, the whole thing was burned to the ground by a dragon and I barely escaped with my life. Um, and then suddenly I met these people. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, like, did you wander through the woods for weeks? Did you come to a city? Like, you know, where where's that gap? Um, and you need to bridge that. So like, I think that that session zero is a great opportunity to do that for everyone. Um, and then having those mini session zeros, if you're bringing a player in late, or if you can't schedule a session zero, that's all inclusive with everyone together, just having that time to say, let's bridge the gap to the start of the game. And then this, I think becomes even more important when you have more of like a hot start where you're just Mm going to be, like, ramping straight into action. Uh, I think there's, like, that whole, I don't know, cliche of, like, we all meet in a tavern and we all get to introduce ourselves and then, you know, we get a quest and then we leave and then action gets started. But I think that that's something that is a cliche and a lot of people know that, so there's a lot of work, I think, that DMs put into making more interesting starts to campaigns. And when you're going for something that's more than just we all sit here and meet, it's going to be more important to have those. Okay, how do we ramp you into this? Okay, you, you, these two people know each other. Maybe you're running something where you go, hey, you guys are like level five. You've already done adventures together. What were you doing before this? Who's got the connection? Who knows each other more? Who's who's doing this and this? Okay, we've bridged that gap. Now let's say, mm-hmm. you know, first camera angle of the of the game, <laughs> you guys are already in a battle and like yeah. fighting. Like, um, it kind of gives you that chances to set that up. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is the most important about a session zero is you know making sure that the players have a chance to get to know each other's characters um, because they're going to be going on this adventure. And however you set up that they meet or, you know, they travel together, whatever it is their party is doing, um, it's really important to kind of have a session outside of official gameplay where you kind of say, hey, 
my character is a monk. They're a little more shy. They're a little more reserved, but they will stand up in a fight. Um, the little things like that. You don't have to give every life's detail of your character and everything in your backstory, but I think it's important to know what the play style of your other character, like the other players are going to be um, when you're going into a session, because then, you know, you'll be able to balance a little bit better. Um, you'll be able to read what the other players are going to do kind of before they even do them. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a really valuable thing to a solid, strong, long running campaign is being able to anticipate the other players um, in a way that will make you mesh better together. Yeah. And I think that that kind of leads right into, you know, kind of one of the like keys of a session zero that's, um, you know, talking with the other, the other players or the DM to the players or to the DM about what they're expecting to get out of the campaign. Right. If mm -hmm. you're, you're especially, especially if you're coming to a group that you haven't played with before, you know, maybe this is um, in some far off future when there's no COVID around and you're playing it like a game store, right? And you like, even if you're going <laughs> to say, hey, everybody 15 minutes before we actually start the session, like having that, like, okay, like, are you looking for something that's really narrative focused and like a lot of role play? Or yeah. are you here to roll them dice and just beat monsters the whole night? Like, <laughs> let's see where you're at. Like, Let's kind of figure that out. What's your what's your skill level? Like, are am I playing with a bunch of people that this is their first session ever, or am I playing with a bunch of people who have like DM for ten years themselves? When, yeah. You know, like where's where's that level at? Um, and being able to adjust yourself, especially as a DM, letting yourself have that session zero is super key, so that you know that one this group's for you, right? Because not every DM and every player are always going to mesh well together. There's always yeah. that chance that you're like, Hey, like I want to run this super narrative role play based game. And then you, you sit there and somebody's like, Hey, like, yeah, I want to play. I'd love to play with you. You invite them in. And then it's like, boom, 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 boom. They're ruining everything you've been trying to set up. You guys are not meshing well. And you know, maybe it's not that you guys don't need to play together, but maybe it's not that game you need to play together because this is what you've yeah. just poured, you know, 50 hours into prepping and it's very narrative based and you're not going to be having very much fun to be like every time you try to like introduce a new NPC to like role play with your murder hobo friend is like, I fight him. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of prep time, gosh. Oh, I have spent so much time prepping for this campaign. <laughs> I've spent so much time. You're like, you've spent 50 hours. My dude, I've probably spent like 120 hours at this point just planning for session zero. Like, I, granted, not all of those 120 hours have been solid just writing out. Yeah. A lot of it's just been, oh, this idea. No, that's a shitty idea. Oh, this idea. It's oh, not really going to work. Oh, but yeah. this idea could potentially work depending on how the players play it. Um, and it's it's a lot, but yeah. just as much as the the session zero is important for the players to get to know each other, it's especially important for the DM to get to know the players. Yeah. Even if you played with them for 
you know, however long you've played with them. Like, I'm I'm doing this campaign, and uh, I'm going to tell you more about it later. But <laughs> I'm doing a campaign with Nathan and our three mods, Amber, Alyssa, and Matt. And I have been playing D&D with these guys since May of this year. Pretty much nonstop, every week, playing D&D with these guys. So I know them. I know what they do, <laughs> you know. I know what they're like. Um, but I know what they're like in the games we play together yeah. or in the games that they DM and I play in. I have no idea what I'm going to expect being the DM for them in a solid, long-running campaign, um, especially with these new characters that they're building. Some of them are building characters that they haven't really played before. So the Session Zero is going to be a time for them to figure out their characters, but it's also going to be a time for me to kind of see what I have to expect in the coming sessions. Yeah. Um, what... <laughs> Am I going to be able to throw, you know, if they're starting out at level three, am I going to be able to throw a CR 10 at them and they'll be just fine? Or am I going to have to throw some CR ones out there to begin with? Um, because believe it or not, four players at level three can demolish a CR 10 monster. Um, it just depends on how they play and how they work together. Yeah. Um, it just depends. So I'm going to have my session zero here soon, and we're going to figure all of that out. When you're having the session zero and you're trying to figure out the interaction between all the players, um, I think that that's like a perfect time for the DM to also introduce the world and the setting mm -hmm. of the campaign um, and things like that. So those players who are just figuring out how to interact with each other have the opportunity to see how that also applies to the world. And so yeah. that the DM doesn't spend the first hour of any session saying, oh, well, welcome to my world. This is all the things about the world. This is where you are. This is what you know about it. And then you've got players going, oh, can I make like a history or a check on that? Or so? You know, because they're confused <laughs> and they're not sure. And they're like, where am I even from? Where's Do I know where the, I'm friends with this person? Have they ever told me where they're from? You can kind of like set up those world things a little bit. Of course, those things are going to come out in the sessions. Um, and there's going to be things that they don't know, and there's going to be things you don't want them to know. Yeah. But having that opportunity to set some of that up and say, hey, this is, you know, Forgotten Realms or, what you know, something, and you guys are in this city. I don't know Forgotten Realms very well, but, um, <laughs> you know, this is this uh. area. This is where you're from. This is what you're near. You're in a, you know playing a game and you're in uh cholt right that's forgotten realms and it's like a jungle area right or you're in a frozen what's the newest book the uh rhyme of the frost rhyme of the frostman you're in like a frozen tundra area right like you've got to think about like warm clothes and like you know all the hardships that come with living basically on you know a bunch of ice <laughs> you know there's yeah. there's those things <laughs> where you go like if you're coming into it like you need to have those expectations of, you know, where you're at, what you're near, how those things interact with your character, how your character would feel about those things. Um, and I think that fleshes out some of, definitely can flesh out some of the backstory stuff of if you create a character thinking you live in this like very standard D 
D&D world, right? Of like, there's some forests nearby, but it's like mm-hmm. a mostly normal climate. And then you start the game and you're like, you're on the frozen tundra. And like, you're like, wait, my character doesn't even know what to think about this. If you at least <laughs> set that up with your players, they can think about like, hey, my player hates the cold. He doesn't even like being here. And then you can that into role play. Um, yeah. Why is he there in the first place? If he hates the cold, why is he here? Oh, he was born here. He's always wanted to leave. You know, things like that where it's like, cool. Now I've set up my stuff. But the DM's done his little bit of a lore dump. You know why these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we can move into actually playing. And when your character, like, is interacting with someone or another, you know, NPC or another player, and they want to say something about the world, it's not based off of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of the last little bullet point we have is something that we preach about in damn near every episode of Really Cool Podcast. Consent. Um, session Zero is a really good time to talk to each of your players. Uh, maybe have them fill out that consent form and figure out, you know, is there anything that you're really not okay with me addressing or bringing up or throwing at you? Yeah. Um, let me know so you don't hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah, and I think that when we talk about, like, the consent checklist um, that we talked about in that episode, um, was it an episode or was it, it was in the RP episode, right, the emotional RP episode? Um, mm-hmm. When you when you give that checklist out to people, I think that's something that definitely send out to them in private. Please don't just, like, sit at the table and say, fill this out in front of everyone. Um, but right. after you've had time to consider it, um, if someone specifically is saying like, hey, like, I'm okay with you, like, saying this is me, I don't want this talked about. Um, or if you take it and you just compile a little list, if it's all, you know, random, you, you don't have names on anything or something. And you say, hey, everybody, like, at, at this table, we're not going to talk about your sexual assault or, you know, um, we're not going to talk about bugs. Someone at this table is extremely grossed out about it, uh, so please don't do so. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, it's it's that simple of, like, it doesn't have to be a thing where you're like, oh, would you like to relive your trauma by explaining to everyone why you don't like it? Um, <laughs> right. Don't do that. That's oh, a big no-no. God, um, don't do that. <laughs> but you can take <laughs> that time to just hit say. Me. <laughs> hit me with that button. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> we don't want you. <laughs> that, that if you if you if you try to call someone out at the table and say please explain why this thing makes you uncomfortable uh that's how we feel <laughs> um yeah that's that's a big 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 no no so just at, at least it, you know taking the opportunity to say like hey these things are just not okay at my table um you know yeah. as a dm you have to like remember that as much as it is the collaborative storytelling it's your table at the end of the day and making sure that all your players are as comfortable as the rest is something that does fall on the DM's shoulders at the end of it. it especially if yeah. you guys aren't all friends, if it's someone where you brought these people together to, t- to run a story, then you kind of have to take responsibility for that a little bit and say, Hey, these things aren't okay at my table. I don't care if you run your own game. 
and you do those things in your game, your problem. At my table, not allowed. Yeah. Matt says, don't post gifts of throwing up. Please, don't. It's gross. Was that, <laughs> it was was that last much. week? When <laughs> in, it was in the week my before game, or last, it, I believe. I, I started posting, like, uh, gifts underneath it to, like, get rid of it because I couldn't keep watching it any freaking <sighs> more. It was awful. Because, some, because yeah, it was the week before last because it was when we got to Bashnar City and you said, because uh, we had to roll constitution checks for going through the portal, and you said Savi violently vomited. And then Matt yeah, yeah. and Zephyr decided to start putting gifts of people vomiting in our gif meme chat, and it was the worst. Don't yeah, do that. Don't be that person. Awful. It's disgusting. I think I, like, I po- tried to post, like, cute things beneath it or something. I can't remember. It was very funny, though. Because I was like, yeah, I just you, have you to. You put, like, kitties and puppies and cute little yeah. animals. <laughs> well, it's because, like, I usually keep our, our gift channel open on our Discord because I think I like to watch it. It's fun. But yeah, me too. <laughs> it's, like, when I'm just sitting there and, like, no one's posted another thing yet because we're, like, in something where there's, like, some RPing going on. There's nothing, like, directly interesting mm-hmm. to post a, a GIF about. And then... I'm just watching this repeated and repeated vomiting. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I can't do this anymore. Please get <laughs> it off of my screen. Yeah. Um, if you play online with your friends and you're in Discord, I strongly suggest having a GIF meme channel. Yep. Um, because while we don't, we don't encourage being completely distracted during the session. I feel like this isn't really a distraction. It adds to everything. Um, yeah. You take a funny moment that is happening currently in the campaign that you're playing in, and you post a funny GIF in the GIF chat. Um, it, I think it keeps people engaged. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of times where I have like, the video wall up on this side and on this side I have the gift chat set up so I can watch them pop in um, as they happen. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it's it's um, it's definitely very, very fun. And uh, if you get lucky enough to have a uh, a mat in <laughs> in your campaign <laughs> who's uh, a a gift king, then you can he, you're gonna have somebody who's like narrating your whole game through gifts as you go along. And then yeah. after session, you could just, like, scroll it, and it's just, like, if anyone else saw this wall of gifts, would <laughs> be would completely no confused. But it's so <laughs> hilarious to see, like, these perfect, like, little gif moments of the things that happened in your campaign. Uh, <laughs> Matt in the, yeah. chat, in the chat right now says, bird rolling down a hill. We had, I don't, I don't even know how he found a gif so perfectly. So... They were entering into Morgan's character's Tempest hometown, which is at least like snowy foothills of a mountain. And they decide to like mess around and like end up getting like they're rolling down this snowy hill into the town. And Matt's character gets all balled up in a big ball of snow, rolls some bad checks. And then uh, our <laughs> one of our other players, Zanara Kokra, tries to stop him in some way. I don't remember exactly. Ends up he getting to, like, smacked get by the yeah, getting smacked it. by the ball, wings out, smacked by the ball, stuck in it, and now they're both rolling down the hill. Matt posts a gift that is literally a bird stuck in a giant snowball rolling down a hill, and I'm like, 
How do you even find these? Like, how did you find <laughs> gifts that are that that perfectly was happening? Yeah, it was it was truly amazing. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Listen, my accent's coming back even more now that I've been home, and it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> my little twang is coming out. Uh, <laughs> I've worked so hard to hide it. You're um, ruined. <laughs> you're gonna hear my country um so moving on from that little tangent um what do you need to prep a session zero if you're a dm and you are trying to get ready for a session zero of your own um what do you need so the very first thing you need obviously is players and their characters. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty uh, boring to have a session zero by yourself, where you explain your world to yourself and talk about your homebrew rules to yourself. Um, yeah, that seems a little redundant. <laughs> so uh, make sure your players are there. <laughs> um, and you also need to know their characters, yeah. know like what they are, what's their race, their class, their social status. You know yeah. what, what makes them who they are um getting their backgrounds you know yeah and i think a lot of people know like it's pretty clear to a lot of people that um backstory stuff they want to kind of keep in and you know slowly release at dramatic moment kind of things but you need to be able to say like here's like the base details of my character like my Mm -hmm. character is kind of like this and here, you know, when you see them, this is kind of how they're going to interact and things like that. Setting up those like very base level things about your character to the other people at the table is going to be able to have them, um, I, and just really like know how to even act around your character. Yeah, I, I think that's really kind of what I'm going for here. Is like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, words are hard. Um. <laughs> It's important to have those opportunities to let your other players at the table know enough about your character that they even know kind of what they're getting into, how to interact. And then again, it gets even more important if you're not going to say like, hey, like none of you know each other. You're all going to directly meet in the tavern. You all got hired for a quest together. You know, those kind of things. If if there's going to be some of the party knowing each other first uh it's going to be important to have the other player that you're going to have some interaction with know the things that they're going to know about you doesn't have to be everything but if you're going to say hey we've been on quests before they're going to know something about you yeah uh the next important thing that you need is if you have any homebrew or house rules that you plan on implementing for the game yeah um you definitely, definitely want to make sure that you lay those out before you really start getting into playing so that, you know, if someone does something and they think it's supposed to happen one way and it really is happening another way because that's the way you run it, they're going to be mad if you don't tell them beforehand what that is, you know? Yeah, it's definitely going to be important to set those things up. And it's it's not always easy because, like, I know for myself, like, being... You know, the forever DM, like I, I really mostly DM. It comes down to like, 
I don't always know what my homebrew rules are and distinguish them from game rules. Um, mm-hmm. There's like there are things that I do, but it's not even. I feel like it's not even a hundred percent that I knew that they were homebrew rules. It's like from watching other like stream games and like um, different things like that. Like I taught myself the game, <laughs> like mm-hmm. with some of these things. Um, there are things that like as I've like gotten you know i've played for years and years now i've learned we're like hey that's not actually like a rule in the in the system it's something that i I just a lot of people do use like i mean for example the an easy one to think of is like the um you know nat 20s doing things outside of combat because technically by the rules a nat 20 only crits in combat right but um it's fun to roll in that 20. It's it's something that doesn't always happen. So if you're a DM that does that at their table, I feel like there's a lot that do. It's, it's not everyone, but a lot that do. You should still inform that to everyone. Just say like, hey, you know, yeah. nat 20s count outside of battle. Um, it's not something that's always super easy to remember to tell people, but um, it's like the little things like that. It's nice to let people know. And then if you have much bigger homebrew rules, that are like, hey, this like directly affects like playing the game. Like you could have played hundreds <laughs> of hours. This like directly interferes and changes something about it. Those are the like really big things that you need to introduce and say like, hey, like this is different in my game. We don't do it this way. Um, you know, maybe you are playing in some kind of really like low magic kind of world or something. And you're like, hey, like there's no healing spells in my world. This is important. Don't take them because you can't use them. (laughs) Um, You know, if you have something like that, like those are the kind of things where you're like, this is the session zero is the perfect opportunity to introduce those things where it's like, hey, like this is truly important because you are unable to do these things and you probably would normally think it was allowed. Yeah. And then on top of like the homebrew house rules, um, you also want to get your additional game mechanics. So, for instance, um, are you going to have them start off with any special items, any special abilities, boons that they might have uh, for some reason or another? Yeah. Um, or what I'm doing is I'm starting off my characters with rumors about each other. So I had them each write a rumor, one true, one false, and one that they could pick was either true or false. Um, And I sent them to the other players without telling them whether it was true or false. So they don't know. All they know is they've heard somehow or another, they've heard this rumor about this person. Um, And that kind of, builds the role play early on because it gives you a chance without really interacting with the other characters too much it gives you a chance to form an opinion about them yeah um and then you know you either get proved correct or you get proved incorrect um so i think that adds a really cool aspect to the game yeah being being able to add those specifically like story driving things and that's kind of what we've already talked about with like um you know the characters knowing how to interact with each other this adds like a new way for them to know how to interact with each other and then also be able to interact even further with each other down the road um because like you know especially with an idea like the rumors it's very cool because 
It doesn't have to be something that literally ever comes out verbally in the game. But mm-hmm. when your characters interact, it might change how your character acts around that character because you think something of them. And for all you know, it is true, even if it's not. Um, you know, if you say, like, hey, this guy, like, you know, is a tattletale, right? Like, mm-hmm. he tells the tells people tells on people if they do things that are wrong. Um, then you go, like, my character's kind of a, you know, a thief or a criminal. I'm not going to say or do bad things in front of this guy, right. even if he's not. Maybe this guy's, like, totally down to clown and, like, loves stealing from the poor and, like, doing whatever he wants. He's just he's just having fun. Um, but you have that bad thought about them, so you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to get myself in trouble by telling that title <laughs> tale or anything. Um, and it's, like, it, it's very cool to have those under the surface interactions with each other where it's like it's not actually said in game it's not talked about but you're like very quiet and then later on you can have that moment where like the character you thought was like a tattletale does some like crazy bad shit and you're like bro I thought you were like awful or like you were always (laughs) like ratting people out and like now I can see that you're cool and you're gonna have those moments and he's like what I've never ratted anybody out like (laughs) You know, those kind of I've things. I've done it's, some bad shit myself. Yeah, he's like, like I'm honestly a terrible, terrible person. You're like, oh, shit, me too. We homies now. Hey. <laughs> and, and it kind of like having those moments of like that, again, that underlying role play where it's like it's not even something spoken of or talked about. You're just acting differently around a certain mm-hmm. character because you have some kind of thought about them that although it's not in the game, your character has because this is you know a living breathing world yeah and i think that is kind of the bulk of what makes it important um so i would like to make a little announcement that i am very excited about i am finally going to be starting my Quelm Questing Academy, QQA, January 3rd, 2021. Uh, my first episode is going to be streamed January 3rd. I am so ready to bring this campaign to you guys. Um, it's going to be so much fun. Um, I Part of the reason why I'm really happy that we're talking about Session Zero today is because I'm running my Session Zero tomorrow for this campaign um we're gonna go over everything go over all the rules go over the world and everything that's happening and i am so excited yeah (laughs) so so be prepared for uh in the in the coming weeks um more announcements about the the game to be coming out um it's going to be right here on twitch streamed sundays right yes Sundays? Every other Sunday. Two Sundays a week. The first Sunday and the third Sunday of every month. Yeah. Right here on Twitch. Um, We're going to have Maybe uploading it to YouTube. Yeah. Possibly um, going to happen. That's not probably sure going to happen. Um, but it's not going to be released in podcast form. Um, we're just going to be streaming it because that's a lot of editing for me to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. I have to make my whole setup for it. But like I said, we're starting session zero tomorrow. Uh, I'm so ready. Um, we have Matt, Amber, Alyssa, and Nathan are going to be playing. Um, I am the master DM. Um, and it's kind of, if you watch Dimension 20, kind of based off of Fantasy High. Um, I'm not going to take the story that way. Um, the same way that Brendan Lee Mulligan did with uh, Fantasy High. But the feel of it's going to be the same. Yeah. Um, they are all playing high school students going to a questing academy. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be super cool. And uh, Morgan's been working super hard on it. So we're really excited oh. to be able to start announcing it. Um, and we've got, like I said, you guys are going to be finding more and more out. Um, finding out a little bit about the characters and things. And uh, we'll be able to start kind of hammering some of that out after tomorrow when we have session zero. Uh, which yeah. is, uh, it's funny because uh, if, if anybody listening to this doesn't know, um, in our Discord we have people vote on what we talk about every week. Um, we post a poll, uh, sometimes very late in the week. We try not to do it very late in the week, but it happens often because we're forgetful. We um, have full-time jobs <laughs> outside so, of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when it, we, we were coming up with the ideas for um, the poll this week, we always post three topics. I was like, I was like, hey, we'll, we'll post the Session Zero one, and if it wins, we'll use it as like a, a great <laughs> starting off point to, to talk about the episode uh, or about the stream. And... Luckily enough, it worked. It was like, it was like, couldn't have planned <laughs> that more perfectly. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Long Solace, Amber, uh, Tighter Pants is not returning. I vetoed that. Um, I also vetoed Nathan trying to play uh, Matt's sentient weapon. That's not happening. All no. unacceptable. I'm still, can I, I wish I could have played <laughs> Matt's sentient weapon as Tighter Pants. That, no. that would have been some Inception-level craziness no. that would have been awesome. Listen, I'm letting you... <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. I'm not letting a player play a sentient weapon. That's not going to happen in my campaign. What? <laughs> it doesn't fit. This is why Session Zero is important. A sentient weapon does not fit in my world, okay? We've talked about this. <laughs> I could have been, like, a high school student from, like, hundreds of years ago that got trapped inside the weapon, and, like, they uh, had to free me from it, and then I could have came out and been uh, teenage tighter pants. <laughs> no. I like your character. You've given me a lot of ammunition against you. Um, <laughs> it's going to be okay. really my, fun. My character's name is Theodore. He is a half-orc paladin, and he is very cool. Uh, I'm very excited. I love paladins. Um, yeah, I, I think people will like him. He's he's going to be interesting to play. I I'm just so excited about the whole everything. Everything yeah. everybody's doing is great. We have um, a we have a human in the party, aka a half halfling, half elf. <laughs> Shit, that's not human. Yeah, tall, thin. Short, fat, mixed human. I don't know. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I've been preparing my session row tomorrow. Um, I, 
Um, I don't know who you are, J-G-G-H-E-T. I also don't know how to say your name, but I absolutely will destroy Nathan. Um, he gave me so much to work with, and I will, I will make him hurt. The way he has made me hurt with Tempest, I will pay him back. <laughs> hey, look what I found. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the chaos energy that we bring. It's Gia. <laughs> what oh, up, Gia? Gia? Yeah. <laughs> what up, Gia? Chaos <laughs> energy. <laughs> you think I can t- take this baby and turn him into... <laughs> Gia, I will absolutely demolish Nathan. It's going to happen. He will, you know... I will do it safely and with consent, but it's fine. Hey, I've been prepping for my session zero, um, and I am excited for it. Um, I've got all my characters, all my players. I had to bug the crap out of some of them to get me backstories. Huh? Hmm? Hmm? Grogu? Mm-hmm. Is it Grogu? <laughs> I told him to write it, but... Yeah. It's fine, because we worked it out, and then you ended up giving me, like I said, a lot of ammunition against you, and I'm really excited to put it into a play. Very, very Um, very soon, I will actually finish up the, like, thing. The the backstory as itself, and I will send it to you. But I'm just... I'm, I'm a bad writer when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I have so many ideas and thoughts, but, like, I... Like putting it all together coherently is is a challenge for me. So I'm trying to do it good so that it like makes sense. If if anyone saw my DM notes for like any of my games, <laughs> people would probably fucking vomit. Like I don't know how to write things coherently. Yeah, it's uh, it's atrocious. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, does anybody in the chat have any questions about session zeros? Um, there's not a whole lot more to talk about, really. Yeah. Um, I can just start talking about my world without giving away too much stuff. Uh, let me talk about my city. So, um, in the campaign, Quellum Questing Academy, they the characters all live in the realm of Aramor. Um, it is a coastal realm, and um, I say realm, I don't mean realm as in, like, you know, different planes of existence. I mean realm as in, like, the kingdom of Aramor. Um, I came up with the name because more by the sea era. Um, and then... Aramor consists of five villages slash cities. So we have Castamere, which is the main city, home of the council, the main marketplace with rich families. Um, This is where a bulk of the education happens, um, the higher education anyways. Um, Then we have Spindlin, which is the suburb of the main city, just outside the walls of Castamere. Um, These are going to be your middle-class families. It's kind of half white-collar, half blue-collar. You know, some of them have, like, positions with 
the guard. Some of them are firefighters. Some of them are like, you know, it. It's really like the middle class world, um, truly a suburb. And then you have Rosastall. Rosastall is the farming district. Um, so this is the blue collar area. It's charming and it's practical. Um, they raise, you know, all of the food for the realm. Um, a lot of the processing happens here. So while it may be more blue collar, you know, there's still some like industrialization going on, but they are very rural. Um, they're closer to the woods. Um, they, you know, kind of do their own thing. Um, Innistring is the arts district. Um, they're kind of pretentious. Um, this is where all of your plays, your music, your poetry, um, that's where all of this comes from. Um, also, taverns and parties galore. If you're looking for a party, you're looking for a tavern, you're going to the Arch District. Duh. Um, think Hell's Kitchen. Uh, <laughs> New York City. But, uh, yeah. And then we have Tinro, which is the port city. So this has trade, traveling This is where merchants. Theo's from. <laughs> and this is where Theo is from. I'll tell you where <laughs> everybody's from. Um <laughs> So, Tenro Support City, trade and traveling merchants. This is where you're, you know, it's kind of like Spindlin, and it's like half white collar, half blue collar work. You know, you have your traders that make a lot of money based off of what they sell. Um, you also have your kind of slums um, in this area as well. You have the hard laborers that, you know, work the docks and... Um, you know, they kind of just do all of the things relating to like cargo and docking ships and things like that. Um, the one thing that I really like about my kingdom, my realm, is that all of the villages and cities are connected by portals. So if you need to get to one village or city, um, all you have to do is go through the portal. But you do have to have, like, basically a traveling permit. Kind of like you have to have a passport. Um, even though it's the same country, uh, it's very guarded, you know? There's yeah. a reason people are where they are in Aramore, and they don't want people just up and going wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, also, we... Uh, we I have chosen the Norse Pantheon for... Can Aramore. I just throw something out there before you go to the Pantheon thing? Sorry. No, you're fine. Can I just shout out Morgan being... Uh, working into her realms, like, story details on not having overland travel? <laughs> there will be some, Yeah, but, but not I'm just saying, I feel lot. like that's, like... That's always the, like, boringest, shittiest part of... Any D and D game is like cool. You want to go here to this really far point? Cool, we got three weeks on the road. <laughs> Let's roll for some encounters. Yeah. It's nah, like I, I don't do that three campaigns where the travel bullshit. Like, That's not and, me. Uh, <laughs> and it's gonna be on stream. Like people are gonna watch. Nobody yeah. wants to watch us walk for three days. <laughs> like 
Um, yeah. No. So I just think it's happening. very because, it, like, for me, like, I mean, even in like, uh, we just did this in um, my home game that we normally run on Saturday nights. Uh, they traveled like two, two and a half weeks across the entire continent, and I was like, cool. Guess what? What do you want to do on the way? You guys want to have any conversations? Because you're there. <laughs> like <laughs> right? I'm not running this. Like I, I just I don't I hate overland travel. I I know that it's like some people like it. Some people like those random encounters. Some people like the like realism of like having to make them go through that. Um, I freaking hate it. I don't like I don't like running it. I don't like playing in it. And Morgan was like, "Guess what? That's not real here. We just traveled through portals." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> You just go through portals, my dude. There's no fucking around yeah. with that. Very, very um, fun. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. The, the Pantheon that I'm going with is the Norse Pantheon, and each city has a dedicated deity, um, although people can worship more than one. Um, obviously, that happens everywhere. Um if you're Norse, you don't only worship Odin. You know, you're going to worship Odin for knowledge and war. You're going to worship Frey uh, for the sun. You're going to worship Freya for fertility and love, like different things. But each city has a dedicated deity um, for what their city was founded upon. So, for example, um, Rosestall, which is the farming community, is going to be uh, Frigga, which is the goddess of birth and fertility. Um, so, you know, life, she's a life god, <laughs> goddess, um, Castamere is going to be more of, um, Odin, so knowledge and war, um, a little less of the war, a little more of the knowledge, um, for now, <laughs> for now, <laughs> just you wait, um, yeah, and, it, you know, I'm not going to give everything away because I can't spoil anything. I haven't even had my session zero with my players yet. Um, but I am very excited for <laughs> everything that's about to happen. What? Oh, just Alyssa. Thor! <laughs> Thor! Scotty! Listen, here's the thing. Um, I would have Scotty in my campaign if I had mountains or snow. Um, but I don't, so she's not really, um, but I'm letting each, I'm letting each character, um, tomorrow tell me what God or goddess. The hammer of they, fucking just. <laughs> what God or goddess they would worship, um, whether it be the God or goddess of their city or any God or goddess in the Norse pantheon of their choosing. Um, now they can't just, you know, say, Hey, um, I worship, I worship Surtur, which is the God of fire giants and war. Like, no, nope, you know, that's no. me. <laughs> um, I haven't actually picked a, picked a God yet. Cause I don't know the, that Pantheon super well personally. So I was like, I still got to I do some it. more research. I know the Norse Pantheon. <laughs> <laughs> I, just I only have all of the runes tattooed on my body. <laughs> um, and that's why I picked the Norse Pantheon. 
um, because I know a lot about it and I love also, it. Also, can we talk about? I, I, we haven't actually said anyone's characters or their names or anything like that. I've said my character name and stuff, um, but it, yeah. I very unintentionally and did not know until you sent your uh, rumors to me yesterday, day before, that mm-hmm. my character's name is Theodore, and we also have Theodosia. <laughs> Yeah. So luckily you got you go by the first half and she yeah, goes go. by the last half. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So you'll go by Theo and she'll go by Dozy. Cool. <laughs> that works out then. Because I was like yeah. I was like, at least I could go by something kind of short for it. it. Like that makes more sense. Yeah. Um so that's great. It's gonna be wonderful. Um yeah, I could go through I can go through a little sneak peek of the players. Um, so we already have Theo, you know, he is from Tenro, um, which again is the port city, um, kind of middle class to lower class, uh, families. We have Miss Alyssa, who is playing, uh, Theodosia or Dozy, um, a half elf halfling, um, tempered Tempest Ranger, um, this is a new subclass that one of our, uh, well, two of our great friends made. Um, very excited to see it play out. Um, so that's going to be fun. And she is from Rosestall, the farming community. Uh, we have Amber, whose character is Adora. Um, she is a uh, lightfoot halfling. <laughs> which is going to be great. Um, and she's from Spindlin, which is the suburb, the middle-class suburb. Uh, and then we have Matt, Mon Matt, who is <laughs> Norris Charles III, uh, a high elf who is from the very pretentious city of Castamere. Um it's gonna be a lot of fun. Did we, did we I'm really excited. Two like two beefy boys and two little ones. Yeah, you literally have two beefy boys and two baby boys, uh, two beefy boys and two baby girls. Um, I think that's very funny. I didn't actually realize that until you were just saying all these. Yes, thank you, Alyssa. Shout out to Born and Axel. Um, those two are the ones that wrote the Tempered Tempest Ranger subclass. Uh, adding to some of the talk about the stream and stuff, uh, our session zero will not be streamed tomorrow. Um, no. But we are talking about recording it, and it may be available in the future. Um, I think that's still getting hammered out a little bit, so I'm not going to announce exactly yeah. what we're going But... <laughs> Uh, we do plan on recording it so that mm-hmm. it may be available um, and, and everyone will get a chance to see possibly in the future um, what a session zero might look like for something like this. So definitely exciting. <laughs> Woo, 4 a.m. session zero. <laughs> yeah, Nat's getting up at 4 a.m. for our session zero. Man, that's the hardest part about all this is uh, time zone planning because... Uh, it's crazy. Ten. I'm setting up bugs and leaking it for cold hard cash. <laughs> oh, born. Um, listen, as long as you put me in on some of that profit, we're fine. <laughs> um, I could use it right now, man. The holidays coming up. Uh, 
speaking of, if you'd like to support us, uh, go ahead and drop a subscribe. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can do it for free, and it gives us money, and you don't have to pay anything. Um, <laughs> Listen, if, yeah. if, if you don't pay for Amazon Prime, you know some old fuddy boomer that, that pays for Prime that you can steal their account information and, and sign in and get that free sub so to do it. <laughs> yeah. Just just because you don't use Amazon Prime personally. But, like, I mean, I feel like most people do. But there's there are those people that possibly don't. So if you don't, your mom has one, and she doesn't watch Twitch. Steal it from her. Do it. I, I dare you. I dare you. What are you going to do now? You know what? As a... Uh Instead of simping for Tasha like we have been the past few weeks, um, why don't we talk about this tempered Tempest Ranger? Um, Tempest of Tempered Blades. This is created by Scott Tirico and uh, one of our good friends who goes by Axel um, on Discord. I believe he's also Axel on Twitch. Um I'm just going to read this to y'all and then we can talk about it. Um, it's a lot of text, so be prepared, but it is really cool. And I'm excited to see Alyssa play this. Um, this is what Alyssa's character is going to be uh, in QQA or Quelm Questing Academy. So, Tempest of Tempered Blades. The force of the wind bears down on everything in its path. To harness the power of the wind, one must hear it, feel it, learn from it. A Tempest Ranger has begun its training under the guidance of the wind. They stand blades ready to tear apart their enemies with a typhoon of steel. A whisper in the wind or the howl of the storm, this is the Tempest of Tempered Blades. None can stop the storm. Upon reaching third level, you've learned to rend your foes asunder. The first time you hit a creature with two or more melee weapon attacks on the same turn, you deal an additional 1d6 damage. This damage increases to 1d8 at 7th level and 1d10 at 11th level. Constructs, undead, and creatures that hold no physical form are unaffected. Steel Tempest. Do you want me to read one of these, by the way? Yeah, go ahead, read Steel Tempest. I was like, and so you just block in the whole text. I was like, we can break it up. Steel Tempest. When you reach 7th level, the wind shows its power to wield. As an action, you may target four non-magical light blades from your person. Upon saying a quick incantation, the blades begin to swirl around you. A creature must make a dexterity saving throw against your spell save DC the first time it moves within 5 feet or it starts its turn there. On a failed save... The target takes 48 slashing damage. This ability lasts for turns equal to your wisdom modifier and is considered magical for the purposes of overcoming resistances. You can use this ability once per short rest. At level 15, you can use it twice per short rest. This ability ends early if you become incapacitated or if you use a bonus action to end it. Hurricane Force. Upon reaching 11th level, the wind teaches you to harness your defenses. You gain plus one to your AC while dual-wielding blades. When a target makes a melee attack at you and misses, you can use your reaction to do one of the following. 
If the attack was an unarmed strike or natural weapon, the creature must make a strength saving throw against your spell save DC. On a failed save, you knock the target back five feet and deal rend damage. On success, you apply rend damage. If the attack was a melee weapon, the creature must make a strength saving throw against your spell save DC. On a failed save, you knock the target's weapon 10 feet away in any direction and deal rend damage. On success, you apply rend damage. Eye of the Storm. At 15th level, you have become the Hand of the Wind, the voice of the Zephyr, the Eye of the Storm. As an action, you can... (laughs) Words are hard. As an action, you can stow your blades and begin a fury of attacks that happen in a flash, using your blades spinning around you. While Steel Tempest is active, you may end... Choose. What? Am I reading? I believe that's a small typo. (laughs) You may choose to end Steel Tempest early. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You may end to choose steel tempest early <laughs> and make eight attacks to any target within the if the area effect. The blade steal one d eight plus your dex mod slashing damage and are considered magical for the purposes of overcoming resistances. You can only use this ability once per long rest. Basically, you become a magical sword storm. <laughs> yeah. Um. And once again, this was created by uh, good friends Scott Tirico and Justin Ramos. I feel like I was rolling uh, super I'm hard. I'm hoping and... I am saying your names correctly. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I was doing super good at the start of that one, and then it like all went to poop. <laughs> when you put a voice on, it like helps you. Like that's why I do my reading voice because like my normal voice is just <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I hate my voice, but my reading voice is like this intellectual being. Well, I did because I had a very like a very like dramaticy tone at the like first yeah. two sentences, and then I was like, "Oh, let me just switch to normal for like the the detail part of this, not the flair part of it." And <laughs> it all went to. Boot. I should just kept up that dramatic. At fifteenth level, you have become the hand of the wind, the voice of the zephyr. <laughs> it was the eye of the storm. <laughs> Shout no, out to Flair I really Tempest. like this, and I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited to see Alyssa play it out. Um, one of the biggest things, which I keep saying this, but if, it's if it the sucks, truth. we're going to eat Alyssa, just so everyone knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest things that we want to do with this platform that we have is lift other creators up. And I'm so excited that we can showcase this awesome subclass made by a couple really good friends. Um, if you're interested in it, hop in our Discord. Talk to them about it. Um, they are Born Twisted and Axel. I forget his full Discord name, but Born and Axel on Discord. Um, at them, talk to them about it. I'm sure they'd love to talk to you about it. Um, it's really cool. It makes Rangers cool. It's just Axel. <laughs> like Tasha's did. Axel version three. Isn't that his Xbox name? I'm pretty sure on Discord it's just Axel. It's yeah, Axel time. version three is his Xbox name. We play a lot of Smite on Xbox together. <laughs> 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 Anyways, 
Um, yeah, that is that is that. Um, so with the uh, Tempest of Tempered Blades Ranger, um, they're focusing more on blades than they are on bows, which I think is cool. Um, part of the problem that I personally have with rangers is sometimes you have to get so far away from combat to not have disadvantage on your strikes um to not have disadvantage on your shots and so kind of being up in it and saying hey i'm gonna rend you asunder like that's badass (laughs) i feel like Alyssa's character is just like a small angry one now (laughs) Yeah, but like like Alyssa says, it makes <laughs> it makes her an upfront dual wielding tank of yeah. a freaking halfling ranger. <laughs> Ten thousand percent. Yep. It's exciting. Yeah, we're. I feel like it's. I I, I don't. I, you know. I don't know how these characters are going to be, but I feel like our two like little guys are going to be uh, badass and like. Oh. Tanky 100%. and awesome, and then Our... <laughs> like I'm pretty sure if he yelled at Theo, he might cry. So um... listen. Our halflings are going to be our badass bitches who don't take shit from nobody, and our two tall boys are going to be the softest of soft boys there have ever been. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matt has a little bit of anger. It's effing high school all over again. Thanks. <laughs> it's high school. It's high school. Um, yeah. You ruined me. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's going to be fun. I just, uh, the way that I'm, uh, that Theo is going to be is it, it very funny. Cause like he's, he's big and strong and tough and, but he, he would definitely cry if he yelled at him. <laughs> and then, and then Alyssa's just like over here, like fucking 30 blades flying around her body, like <laughs> killing people. Yeah. Just that freaking man. If, if you hit a creature with two or more melee weapon attacks on the same turn, you deal an additional one D six damage. You can be doing like, depending on what you're using, you can be doing like two D eight and one D six damage at third level on one creature. The way that I have everything set up is if you crit, you automatically get max damage on, like, the first. So, like, you get max and then you roll. So there's a potential for getting double max damage. And that's wild. Um, And Alyssa also says, plus with a favored foe, add a d4 to that. So you could be doing 2d8 plus 1d6 plus 1d4. Wild. (laughs) Yes, I do exploding crits. 3d6 plus 3d6 plus a d4 for the weapon that she would be using. That's insane. Wow. Um, Alyssa says, oh, it is a d8. I'm a dum-dum. I thought it was a d8. (laughs) I mean, but but yeah, Boren's got a point. You also have to hit it. You got to hit it twice to get that extra d6. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Man, lots of good things coming. Yeah. I am so ready for it all. So, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Yeah, um, we're. I think everyone's super excited to play in Morgan's game. It's gonna be super fun. Uh, our yeah. mods uh, and myself are are very excited. We're so excited to bring um, something more from Rule of Cool to all of you guys. Uh, continue to make content um, and, and do something really fun. Um, we we have really enjoyed making content for everyone this year. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. It has definitely been a highlight in a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, with that being said, although we do love bringing you guys the content, we would like to let you know that we will not be streaming or releasing a podcast um, the week of Christmas. So I believe yeah. that is the 27th. Uh, 25th um, and 26th. So we, we won't have an episode go live on the 25th. We normally re- release every Friday morning. Uh, there will be no episode on the podcast feed. And then Saturday the 26th, we're not going to have an episode um, being recorded or streamed. Um, we're, we're taking the week off to spend time with uh, our family. And so our mods don't have to worry about trying to make time either. Um, all those kind of things. You can definitely see yeah. my calendar on the stream. It's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> um, hey, um, with that being said, take time to spend time with your loved ones. Yeah. Tell them you love them. Um, be there with them because that's what we'll be doing. Um, our recording that we will be doing on the 19th, because um, we will be streaming on the 19th, that recording will be put up on the very first day of 2021. Uh, January 1st is when the 19th, um, the 15th episode recorded on the 19th will be released on January 1st, 2020. And then two days after that on January 3rd will be the premiere of Quelm Questing Academy. Um, We're pumped. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. We, uh, we're, we're really happy to bring some new fun stuff to you guys in the new year. Um, and there's going to be more announcements coming very soon also. So, um, we have lots of things planned, um, and we're just hammering out details and all that, but get hyped for Quelm Questing Academy because it is coming very soon, January 3rd. Um, right? Third? Yeah. Yep, January 3rd, 2021. I was like, and wait, you just said this. Did I, don't mess it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, um, make sure that you follow us on our social medias, on Facebook, on uh, Instagram. Go hop over in our Discord because we will be posting updates there and letting you know what is going on. Um, we have so many things planned for 2021 and we're so excited to be able to bring them to you. Yeah. So make sure you follow us on all of those social media platforms. And stay updated on what we're doing. Yeah, we're, we're very, very excited. Um, and we're, we're just so happy to have you guys be able to continue to grow this and make this into something bigger and bigger. I mean, not even just for our benefit, but for, um, as we talked about, we, we like to promote our friends and help people out and um, continue to do something that we really enjoy doing. So, um Seriously, thank everybody, and uh, if you can, just tell somebody about the podcast this week. If you, uh, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, you know, word of mouth is is what gets us around. Really, I mean, we we like to post online and things like that, but um, you know, we we continue to gain 
people into this crazy thing called the rule of cool by by you guys uh sharing the word so um if you can just let somebody else know about the podcast this week see if they'd like it my my fiance told some uh met a somebody that was a critical role fan a critter uh at her work the other day and told them about the podcast which i thought was very cool uh (laughs) they're like wearing a critical role shirt and I was like, she came home. She's like, I told somebody about your podcast today, and I was like, what? <laughs> so, oh, uh, we word of mouth, it gets it gets things around. So, we um, love her. She is so wonderful. Yeah. But until next time, this has been another episode of the Rule of Cool Podcast. Thanks for joining us. With real consequences, let's play D and D. Let's play D.